Hey, good morning, church. My name's Michael. I'm glad you guys are here today. So this message is specific for you, our online campus. It'll be a little different for what they're hearing in the house today. This is special for you. So go ahead and say out loud, I'm special. Because you are. You are absolutely special. You are absolutely important. And God loves you because of who you are, not who you think you need to be. Today is an amazing day called Palm Sunday. Now, today we're going to do a couple of things. We're going to continue our series and end our series, Viva the Revolution. And we're going to be talking about how that interacts with the story of Palm Sunday, with Jesus entering Jerusalem. So if you're going to title today anything, I want you to call it this. Three Roads to the Revolution. Three Roads to the Revolution. Let's pray. God, we thank you for today. We thank you that you are here with us. You're here in this room, Father. Your spirit is present. We, we know you're working. You are in our homes. You are, you are speaking. You are working. God, would you be with us? Would you encourage our hearts would you encourage our spirits today help us to keep focused on who you are and focused on your amazing amazing son we all pray this together in jesus name amen hey guys we're talking about journeys the three roads to the revolution journeys or trips or whatever you want to call them um i'll tell you about one that we did few years back. We went to Disneyland. I know for some you've gone to Disneyland, for others you haven't. And for us, it was one of those journeys that was absolutely magical. We loved going to Disneyland. When people say it's the happiest place on earth, they are not wrong. Disneyland is amazing. But we didn't just go to Disneyland. There had to be a reason we were going. There had to be something that kind of put things in the way. No journey starts in itself. So this is what happened for us. My brother moved to California and loved it. And they spent time in Disneyland and all that and, and started spending time in this place called Palm Springs. And they loved it. And they told my parents, you know, you guys got to come check out Palm Springs, Palm Desert. You're going to absolutely love it. Have the time of your life. So my parents went, had the time of their life and said, hey, why, why don't you guys come to Palm Springs too? I was like, I would love to. But the problem is I'm not a 65 year old man. I don't want to hang out in Palm Springs. Then you start looking into it. This like this looks amazing. So we went and spent some time in Palm Springs. And while we're there, we had this realization. It's a short car ride from Palm Springs to Anaheim where Disneyland is. Yes, Disneyland. So we, we had our rental car. We experienced our first California traffic jam. And it was absolutely what everything on TV said it was. Awful. But we got there. We landed in Disneyland. And it was the most amazing time Amberly and I or the kids have ever had. 
Now, we didn't just land in Disneyland. There was a journey that started with my brother relocating for work. So because of him relocating, we eventually got to Disneyland. Journeys often have a backstory. And the backstory doesn't always include us. So Jesus, for instance, Jesus begins a journey with friends. And we're going to read about it in a minute. But only Jesus knew the destination. It sounds like most of our lives with God, hey? We start following God and we think it's going to be a certain way and then it ends up looking completely different. God knows our end goals. God knows how things are going to land. We don't. Someone had posted last week and they said, so if someone hands you the book of your life, do you read it? If someone hands you a book and it's the story of your life, are you going to read that book? I thought about it. I think I just posted something funny instead of actually being intelligent about it. But do you read the story of your life? Do you want to know the end? Maybe, 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 maybe. Maybe you'd want to read the last couple pages so that you don't ever go to wherever you die. That would be smart. Maybe you want to see how something will land with your job. Maybe you want to see if you're still friends with your best friends in five years. But would you read the story of your life? Now, we're going to talk about three points today. Three points about journeys. And the first one is this, the destination of the journey of a revolutionary is often unknown. It's unknown. Our end goals are often unknown. Let's look at the book of Luke for a moment. The book of Luke, chapter 19. So this is good traditional Palm Sunday messaging right here. Jesus says, go into the village opposite you where you're about to enter. You're going to find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Loose it and bring it here. And if anyone asks, why are you loosing it? Thus, you shall say to him, because the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent on their way and they found it just as he had said to them. But as they were loosing the colt, the owner of it said to them, why are you loosing the colt? And they said, the Lord has need of it. Then they brought him to Jesus and they, they threw their own clothes on the colt and they set Jesus on him. And as he went, many spread their clothes on the road. Some translations tell us about the palm branches, therefore Palm Sunday. Then as he is now drawing near the, nope, not translations, different versions in different gospels. That's a good one to correct. Misspeak. So back to verse 37. Do you love how I'm not editing this? This is, this is what makes it real, folks. Back to verse 37. Then, as he was now drawing near to the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen, saying... 
Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Jesus is entering Jerusalem for the last time in his life. He's got his posse with them. They don't know that he's about to die. They have this big crowd of people who are, who are cheering him on as Jesus enters the city. This is, they feel in the spirit, they recognize it or not, that there is a climax to the, to the tension about to come. They don't know that he's about to die. But Jesus enters Jerusalem for the last time, fully prepared to die. Now, I kind of envision it as a, um, as like a flashback episode on an 80s or 90s TV sitcom. You know those ones where the main character is going to do something, and before they do it, there's this huge montage of all these clips from the history of the show. I kind of envision this like that. As Jesus enters the city of Jerusalem, there's this this incredible backlog of, of miracles, of the amazing words he shared with people, the kindness, the meals, the power moments. It's like from the time he was a child and went to the temple to that moment, it was all this buildup and it's all the stuff that makes us know who Jesus is historically and feel who he is spiritually. So let's pause there as Jesus ends his journey entering Jerusalem for the last time. The second point is people. The story of a revolution involves people, and it involves a lot of them. We're going to go to the book of Acts. As we're finishing off our series in the book of Acts this morning as well. The book of Acts all the way to chapter 28, and we're going to read just this last little section. Verse 30, Then Paul dwelt two whole years in his own rented house and received all who came to him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching the things which concerned the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no one forbidding him. The end of Paul's journey. Paul finishes off this character-driven journey to Rome that Luke began writing about. Paul is the, this last character in the puzzle. And we know that the entire journey, the entire way, it was, it was kind of like everything was pushing to the end, pushing to this, this moment where they finally get to Rome. And Paul finally puts his feet up. The book of Acts encompasses about 28 years of early church history and stories. It includes the, the ascension of Jesus Christ. The church was born the way Saul becomes Paul. There was much jail time and, and angel, angelic visits and, and people were martyred and gave their lives for Christ. But most importantly, ordinary people found freedom from sin and they found freedom from the law and they learned that liberty in Jesus Christ 
It's the most important thing they could ever imagine. This part of the story ends with Paul, our couch-surfing missionary, getting his own place and setting up shop in Rome for a while. He gets this break from jail, this break from shipwrecks, uneasiness from snake bites and grief. Think about all the people leading up to Paul putting his feet up. Priscilla, Apollos, Cornelius, Rhoda, Gamaliel, Peter, Luke. Individual people connected to the, king of, the kingdom of God. And they were all living separate journeys as part of one big story. The third point this morning as I get ready to wrap this all together and show you the, the interconnectedness of it. The third point is just simply the batter's box. A, a batter's box, for those of you who played Little League like I, loved Little League, still love baseball, the batter's box is this mystical chalked outline area. Now, you're allowed to stand there when it's your turn. You can't stand there when it's not your turn. And once you're in that little locked-in area, don't you dare leave. There's no walls or anything that, that hold you in place, but it's your, it's your spot. You are, you are kind of bound to the batter's box. You hang out here. This is where you get to be because it's now your turn to wait some more. Now, you got to wait your turn to get to the batter's box. And then when you get to the batter's box, you get to wait your turn again to get up to the plate. And all of that is depicted by the batting order. Now, the batting order is important because it tells us who's up first, who's up second. And then when it's your turn, you know that as soon as this guy leaves the batter's box, you grab your favorite bat, you go stand there, you pretend to swing at the air, maybe, maybe you want to spit, because that's what you do in baseball. The batting lineup that we're faced with today is this. Jesus' journey as he enters Jerusalem, Luke's journey, Peter's journey, Paul's journey, the thousands that came afterwards through scripture and church history were all before us in the batting lineup. Now, without all of those journeys of faith, yours would not have existed. It's like how we all, well, maybe not all of us, but me, I had a grandma who constantly prayed for us was constantly praying that we would find salvation in Jesus. If you had one of those grandmas, man, you're lucky. If you had one of those moms and dads, man, you're lucky. They went before us. They brought us along. They got us to the place where we can be today. Now, these three points are really important. Our destinations are often unknown. God, our journeys don't always look clear. But there's a lot of trust involved. There's a lot of faith involved. The second thing is that our journeys involve many people. 
their stories, their journeys. Everything's so intertwined. Life is intertwined, and especially in the kingdom of God, everything builds on something else. In the, the denomination I grew up in, there, there wasn't too many families. Everyone kind of knew who each other was. I remember I was living, living in another city, working in a different denomination than that, and um, some people came to the church I was working at, and they're like, oh, you're, you're Michael Fisher. I'm like, I am. Like, we know your dad less. I'm, you know my dad, that's fantastic. Like, we remember you from you were little. I'm like, great, what, that's so cool. And they're like, so you're, you're married. I'm, I'm married, I have, I have a little boy and a little girl. They're like, oh, wow. And, and who did you marry? What family did she come from? Like, well, you don't know her because I didn't stick with the system. I didn't stick with the pre-orchestrated family system. I, I, I can think too about Amberly and um, every conversation it seems we have here in Brandon, someone's like, wait a second, you're from Thompson? Oh, I'm from Thompson. I remember when my dad worked in Thompson. It's just like, oh my goodness, is everybody in Brandon from Thompson? And it kind of drives me nuts sometimes. But our journeys are so intertwined in life. And the third thing, again, is the batter's box. Roads to the revolution. They look like unknown destinations. They involve a lot of people. And they're sometimes like a batter's box. Here's the thing about the batter's box. We are up next. Our story and our journey, guys, we're up. We're up to the plate. It is our time to take our place at the plate. Our time in history is now. You are the revolutionary. You're the hero of the current story being told. Working behind the scenes, maybe. Maybe, maybe living an ordinary life, but with massive outcomes. The book of Matthew, chapter 9, uh, verse 38, says that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Now, we're in this place in history where, where we're faced with constant shutdowns, and then you can open a little bit, and then we got to go into another lockdown, and then this lockdown's going to look like this, and now you got to wear a mask when you're standing on your head, and now and it just gets confusing. And it's, it's tough sometimes to say, okay... I know I'm called to be part of the kingdom of God. I know that I have a place, but what is that place? Because everything isn't what it used to be. I can tell you right now, as we, as we slowly reopen and put people back in the house, last week was amazing. It's good to see people. And online is still going strong. It is good to see you guys in online. But as we grow as we develop, as people come to faith, as people lock in with C.T. Brandon and the mission and the vision here, we need people involved. You don't have to be in the batter's box. This is your invitation to move out of the batter's box and become a revolutionary like we've been learning about for the last couple of months. We need people in kids. We need people in welcoming, in admin roles and finance and and running cameras, 
We need people online sharing, praying, liking, and leading groups. Guys, it is a weird time, but weird times are sometimes the best times to shine. And this is our time to shine, church. Today, we close our series on revolutionaries, and we close it with that journey. And I hope that you have been inspired over the last two months to live at the fullest for Jesus Christ. But today, we also want to take time to remember Christ's journey that started it all. When Jesus entered into Jerusalem, he had full foreknowledge of what was about to happen. He was not vague on the details. We know this because he told Judas about his coming betrayal at supper time. He told Peter, uh, like, buddy, you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows. Three times before tomorrow morning, uh, you're going to deny me. He's like, no, no, Jesus, I'm not going to do that. It's a pretty specific prophecy. The celebration that we read about at first was Jesus entering Jerusalem and everyone was excited that, that the king of the Jews was entering, that something was happening. It was a short-lived celebration as Christ went to his death on a cross. Jesus was living a journey that he was preparing for you. As he entered Jerusalem... The disciples were brought along, their stories intertwined with Jesus. Even the guy who had the donkey, his story was intertwined with Jesus too. Know today that Jesus' eyes are on you. His love, his care, attention is focused on cheering you on. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, a way would be made on the cross for your freedom. Your journey with Jesus Christ is a continuation of his. It started early on in scripture, the creation of the world. We come to the point where Jesus' life was amazing, the things he did, the things he said, the kindness he installed in the world. And that led to him entering Jerusalem. Eventually he dies, ascends to heaven. And the disciples and apostles pick it up from there. We read about it through Acts, the journeys, all the people intertwined in those stories. And when scripture comes to an end, and we're told that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And we're told that greater things will you do than I did we have an opportunity and we have a journey that we've just begun. Folks, C.T. Brandon has an amazing legacy and now it's time that we take those next steps. I'm excited to lead you guys in that. I am excited to be a huge part of what God wants to do in the city of Brandon. And I invite you to be a revolutionary on that journey.